Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right, take your Bibles and open them up to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Next Sunday we'll be uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll be talking a little bit this Sunday about His death as we focus on the Gospel, um, which is the death, burial, the life, um, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and here in John chapter 19 and verse 1, the Bible says, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged Him. Of course, you know, as you read each one of the Gospels and then put it together with uh, many of the Old Testament prophecies, you get uh, much of a clearer picture of the death of Jesus Christ. And, and it says that they scourged Him here, but you know, in other places it talks about and in the prophecies is that His back was uh, plowed as, uh, in, as they made long their furrows. The Bible talks about how His bones uh, stared at them, and the Bible says in verse 2 of John 19, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Uh, in other places, it talks about how they beat it in with a reed, and they put, a, uh, put a, on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands, and shows here how they began to mock him, and other places where they spit on him, and they punched him. And in verse 4, Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them behold i bring him forth to you that ye may know that i find no fault in him and we we have studied this before as jesus christ is uh, our eternal lamb the lamb of god that uh, jesus christ was inspected uh, multiple times just as a lamb would be inspected by the priests the levites to make sure it didn't have any spot or blemish. And Jesus Christ was inspected and it was proclaimed of Him that I find no fault in Him. Verse 5, Then came Jesus forth wearing a crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. And when the chief priests therefore and the officers saw Him, they cried out, Crucify Him. Crucify Him. And again, it's, a good, it's, it's worth pointing out that this was the religious crowd. This was the, the chief priests. This was the Pharisees. These were the officers that are crying out to the Romans, crucify him, crucify him. Verse, uh, Pilate saith unto them, take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And the Jews answered, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. And of course we know and if we have studied through the Gospels that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that He was all God, that He was all man. And as they cried, crucify Him, crucify Him, I can think of uh, Jesus being brought before the people after he'd been, His back had been opened up 
after his beard had been plucked out, after Roman soldiers took time, and I know this is gruesome, but took time to one by one punch him in the face. And I could just imagine, as the Bible says, as he was marred to where you couldn't, couldn't see that he was a man as his face would swell up and his back was opened up and the crown of thorns was beaten in his head. And Pilate would pronounce to this religious crowd, Behold the man. Behold the man. Who is this man, Jesus Christ? Turn back with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I think John is very uh, a special one of the Gospels, and, and spe- specifically how it starts, um, in, in, it, in that it starts like the Bible starts. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, and that's how... The Gospel of John starts as well. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Of course, the Word is capitalized there. That's Christ. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Amen. And the same was in the beginning with God. Look at this. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So He's the Creator of all things. Jesus Christ, the Word. In Him, Christ, was life. And the life was the light of men. And of course, we, this correlates with Genesis 1 as he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. He became a living soul. Verse 5, And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That's kind of like our job, right? That's what we are. We are the light of the world. Now it's the church. That was the true light. Again, talking about Christ, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him. Isn't this an interesting verse? He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, who, who was Christ's own? Who did He come to? To the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. He came to them. He came into His own. And His own received Him not. It was them that crucified Him. But, and here's the key verse, yes. verse 12, but as many as received Him, Amen. to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. That's, he's talking about the believers. He's talking about us. But as many as believe Him, He gives us power to become the sons of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of, will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. You know, salvation, being born again, cannot be willed. I cannot will for you to be born. You, again, you cannot will for me. It is a supernatural thing where we put our faith and trust in Him. The Gospel. In verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This this morning as we are preparing for uh, Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Christ, I just want us to take uh, 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 this week and this message and then this week and behold the man. Begin to look at Christ. By the way, when we take of the Lord's Supper, and we just did last Sunday evening, we took of the Lord's Supper. The purpose of the Lord's Supper, he tells us, is to remember his death until his coming. 
In other words, when we take of that, we stop and we think about his blood being shed and his body being broken for us. And so as we take this week and we remember Christ, as we behold him, as we look to him, I think of the verse in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 where he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus Christ, as we look to him, he's the author of our faith. It's his idea from the very beginning. This is the, the church, us, salvation. This is his, he, he authored this. And he also finished it. Uh, if we were to continue to read there in John, that chapter, after he is crucified, as he's hanging on the cross before he gives up the ghost, the Bible says, you know what he does? He says, it is finished. You say, what is finished? Oh, the way to salvation. The way to God. The way for you and I now to become the sons of God. The way that we can know that our sins are completely, totally forgiven. It is finished. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And as we look to Jesus, here's the thing. As we look to the gospel. You know, we talk about the gospel a lot in that, that for salvation. And it's true. That, that is the way that someone that is lost in darkness can find the light and find Christ and I believe that us as believers focusing on Jesus Christ is the power of our life as well as we look to the author and finisher of our faith in other words let me say it like this if he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith he's all we need he is our all in all as we look to Christ for our power for our strength for our guidance for our peace our hope, I mean, I could go on and on, that we could look to Christ for all those things. No reason to look anywhere else. I think that maybe we as people like the Gentiles, the Bible says the Greeks, came to Philip, Jesus' Jesus' disciple, and they said this to Philip, we would see Jesus. I think of Zacchaeus, the the uh, the tax collector who the Bible says he would see Jesus, but because he was so small, he couldn't sleep. Climbed up a, a sycamore tree, right? I think that if we have that heart this week and this day and even now to say we would see Jesus, we would like to focus on him and look to him and see him. Uh, this is the power of the believer and of the seeker. Spiritually, I think it's pro- it would be productive for us as the believers to behold the man. It would help us in our lives. I think of the, the words to the song we sing here quite often, Behold the man upon the cross, my sins upon his shoulder. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus Christ told Pilate, and he said many times throughout the Gospels, that this was for this cause came I into the world. For this is the reason. In other words, Jesus Christ came. He was born to be a sacrifice for our sin. You think of the prayer he prayed to the Father. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He knew that he was taking the sins of the world upon his shoulder. And you know what happened? The Father said, it's not possible. This is the only way. This is the only way for people to have, for individuals, for us today to have complete forgiveness is that you go all the way to the cross and pay the payment for sin. And He did that for us. He is the author and finisher of our faith.
when in Luke chapter 15, some of the those uh, some stories that are told there by Christ, he he was getting some complaints from the Pharisees, from the religious crowd. They accused Jesus of being a friend of publicans and sinners. They said, "You eat with sinners." And I, and I, and I you know, I think I have written there in my Bible, "Thank you that you're a friend of sinners." But I think what the Pharisees didn't realize is any anyone that Jesus Christ Christ ate with was a sinner. For him to sit down with the high priest, he, this is God sitting down with a sinner. But they didn't see it that way. So Christ tried to explain it to him. He started telling them the story of the lost sheep. And then after that, he began to tell them the story of the lost coin. And then after that, he began to tell them of the lost son. And at the end of it, what he's trying to tell them, and he's saying, it's the only reason why I came is for the lost. The only reason why I came is for the sinner. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, uh, the reason why I'm here is to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his purpose. That was the reason why he came. And so as we behold the man today and this week, as we behold Christ and his humiliation and his sorrow there on the cross for the ransom of our sin, the cross being a picture of our freedom. I think it's interesting, something so terrible, so awful, the cross has become something so beautiful to us because of what it, what it paid for, because of what it means. As we, as we behold, you say, what's this behold mean? To fix our eyes upon, to observe with care, to give attention to, to direct the eyes toward Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says this, talking about, and again, this ties in with the Lord's Supper and unleavened bread, the Passover. He says in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, talking about um, a picture of sin, that you may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So the Old Testament saints, the Old Testament people had, had the Passover where they would, where they would uh, uh, shed the blood of the Lamb. But Jesus Christ, He is our. He is our Passover. As we behold the Lamb, we think of Him as our Passover. I think of what John um, said in Revelation as he, as he had the vision in heaven that he says uh, that he went up into there and the elders told him, they said, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. They told John to behold, and John said, And I beheld. And in the midst of the throne, and then the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. And so as the elders there in heaven told John to behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, he says that I stopped and I beheld, and there he was, Christ, our lamb that was slain. Take your Bibles and turn to Revelation. We're going to be between John and Revelation uh, this morning, so be ready to go from John to the last book of your Bible in Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. He says this in verse verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us 
and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and hath made us, talking about those that have been redeemed, hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him, and they that have pierced Him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. Even so, Amen. By the way, Jesus Christ's first coming, He came as a lowly, humble lamb. His second coming is a little different. He's coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 8, I am, Jesus Christ, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. As we behold the Lamb, we are looking at Jesus Christ who is not just our Lamb, but is also our King and is to come. I want us to look now back in John chapter 1 as John the Baptist, as we've read about already in John chapter 1. John who was sent to bear witness of that light. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 29. Now remember, John was the cousin of Jesus Christ, and it says here, John the Baptist, I don't want us to get confused as we're reading the Gospel of John, and we just read Revelation that the disciple, Jesus' disciple John wrote. I don't want to confuse that now with the John the Baptist. We're talking of John the Baptist now. In John chapter 1 and verse 29, And the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God. He says that later in the chapter 2 and verse 35 and 36. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John had a ministry where he was going out and he was preaching repentance and so that the, the people would receive their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he gathered quite a crowd out there and as they were baptizing for their sins, and it's interesting that this is the way that John introduced Jesus. Now, if we were to have a, a guest in and, and, uh, and we were to introduce that person, we might say something good about them. And we may say something about that, that speaker that would, that would draw your interest so that you would pay attention to them. Something that I would say or someone would say about that person so that you would say, well, this is going to be worthwhile for me to listen to, Right? And John chooses this to introduce Jesus Christ. He says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That's just his introduction. In other words, he could have said the Creator. He could have said the Great Physician as we sang about this morning. He could have said all kinds of things about Jesus. But what he chose to say is, Listen, hey, listen folks. This is the guy that can take away your sins. Hey, listen, folks, as John introduces them. Hey, listen, I, there's been a lot, of, a lot of work to get rid of our sin. Uh, we have a whole priesthood, the Levitical priesthood that is set up in temples and all kinds of things. But now, but now John says, hey, hey, folks, this guy can take away your sin. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. John's life, by the way, John the Baptist's life, it consisted of bearing witness to Jesus Christ. This was the reason for his existence. John's existence was to bear witness of Christ. And I believe that we too, 
are born to bring glory to God, to bring purpose in our lives for that, as Paul said, for me to live is Christ. In other words, if there had been no Christ, there would have been no lamb to take away the sin of the world. If there had been no Christ, there would have been no John the Baptist. If there would have been no Christ, listen, there would be no church. This, this is the, he is the reason for the, he is the body. We are the body of Christ. And if there'd have been no Christ, there'd be no church. I, I'm trying to bring us back to the, sometimes it's good to, you know, see, why are we doing what we're doing? And it's good to get back to focus on Him. Behold the man. Behold the Lamb. That if Jesus Christ could get the glory that He deserves in our lives and in our church and in our body, I believe that in that, God, this, this as the church, and maybe even in our own individual lives, this should be our one business to bear witness of Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think that we are blinded by our own self-righteousness. And what I mean by that is we don't see how bad sin really is. We don't see how dark dark really is. We don't see how, how big of a loss death is without Christ. But when we see sin for what it is, and we see death for what it is without Christ, and we see the darkness without the light, then when someone says, Behold the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world, isn't beauty in the eye of the beholder? Isn't beauty in the eye of the beholder? And I believe that if His people would begin to behold Him, and we would recognize how bad sin is in our life, and how bad death would be without Him, and all those sort of things, then we would begin to say, how beautiful, how beautiful is the Lamb of God that was slain for our sins. How good it is to know that we have forgiveness with God. In other words, Jesus Christ is the way that we have been made right with Him. Been made right with God. Christ, our Passover Lamb. He is our hope. He's our life. He's our love. You know, it's interesting as you think of John the Baptist who says, Behold the Lamb. John the Baptist knew a few things about lambs. See, John was born into a tribe. He was born into a family, the Levites. And it was his job as he was being raised. His father, Zacharias, was a priest. And so what his dad did is what John would eventually do as well is he would inspect people's sacrifices as they brought them to the temple. They would bring a lamb, and John's dad and John himself would have to look over this lamb and say, this lamb is an acceptable sacrifice for your sin. They would have to look over and inspect it. And so when John sees Jesus, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, uh, I would say that this was not what he was expecting. He'd seen many lambs in his time, and his dad had expected many lambs, but this lamb was totally different from all the other lambs that he had inspected. Look at with me, you're in John chapter 1. Here's what I find is really interesting. Maybe you've seen this before, but it's kind of new to me this week. So in John chapter 1, verse 31, he says this, John talking about Jesus He says, and I knew him not. This is after he said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He said, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come, baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. 
and it abode upon him, talking about Jesus at his baptism. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, that was God, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, the same is he that baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. By the way, that's why Christ we just read was being crucified, right? It's because he was said he was the Son of God. But here's my point. John and Jesus are cousins. They knew each other. They grew up, grown up. And it wasn't till he... Let me back up a little bit. If you read in Matthew chapter 3, this parallel passage, when Jesus comes to John and he's baptizing, you know what John says to Jesus? He says, I have need to be baptized with you. You know what he said? Hey, listen, growing up, Jesus, you've always been the better one. You know, you've always been the one that's been better than me, right? He didn't know at this point. When he said that about Jesus, he didn't know at this point that Jesus was God. You say, when did he find that out? When the Holy Spirit descended on him. After he comes up out of the water in baptism, and the Word of God said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And so what my point with all this is, is John, John had to, he had to go, he had to step past several uh, religious traditions, he had to step past some prejudices of one, a new kind of lamb, and two, that his cousin was the Christ, the person that he knew. And I, I would say this, that many times as believers, as Christians, we know about Jesus, we have been around Jesus, we can even tell you stories about him, but until you've had that time when the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, like John the Baptist, confirms it in your heart that this is not just Jesus, a good man. This is not just a, a, a historical figure. But this is the Son of God. The man that taketh away the sin of the world. Could you imagine his cousin standing there saying, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. This is a revelation to him. As he hears this from the Holy Spirit descending on him and the Word of God coming to him. We as God's people, I believe, need to have that clear understanding of the sin-bearing Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. I, I can imagine John, especially being a Levite, would have had such an understanding of all the Old Testament prophecies and all the Old Testament truths, that when he says, Behold the Lamb, he could have been saying, Behold, that is the Lamb. That is the one that all the thousands and thousands of lambs that have been slain throughout his history of Israel was pointing to. Behold, that is the Lamb that Abraham and Isaac were talking about, the fathers of Israel. When Abraham said to his son Isaac, Behold, God shall provide himself Amen. a lamb. And John says, that's the lamb of God who has provided himself. Behold, the, the man, behold, the lamb. As we focus on him, the one that takes away the sin of the world. And by the way, there is no sin too great that he can't forgive. There is no sin too great that he cannot forgive and take away. Turn with me now to John, Revelation. Back, I told you we're about to close. In Revelation 21, I want to 
look at a couple more beholds as we as we wrap up. But behold the man, behold the lamb. John, Revelation twenty one. I like how the Bible's like a, a perfect a, a circle, a ring, and that it ends the way that it starts. You say, how does it start? It starts with, with God creating the heaven, heavens and the earth, and, and, and the Bible ends with Him creating new heavens, new earth, right? And so it's per- it's, it, that's how Revelation ends. And here he's talking about that in Revelation 21. He says, and I saw a new heaven in verse 1, and a new earth in the fir- first Heaven and the first earth have passed away and there's no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God, and He shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death or sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat on the throne said behold I make all things new we have a new heaven a new earth a new life in Christ you know what this lamb Jesus Christ can do for us he can make all things new he can give us a new life he can give us a life that we didn't know that we had. He can give us a salvation. That's why Jesus says to Nicodemus, the religious leader, He says, you must be born again. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, can give new life. A whole new life, which is eternal life. Look at the next chapter, Gen- Revelation 22, in verse 7. In verse 7, He says, Behold, Remember, remember what that means? Uh, pay attention, give attention to, look out, right? Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of the prophecy of this book. Uh, behold the man, behold the lamb, behold he's coming back. That's when he said, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, he says, do this until I return. In other words, when we're remembering his body that was broken for us and his blood that was shed for us, we're also remembering that he's coming back. He's coming back. Look at look look at this uh, verse verse seventeen. And the spirit and the bride say, "Come." Let him that heareth say, "Come." He that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. In other words, Christ is saying, "Come to me. Come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you." rest. You need new life? Come to the Lamb. Come to the man and put your faith and trust in Him. By the way, that's why John the disciple said that he wrote the Gospel of John. That in, that in believing we might have eternal life. This is our last verse and we're going to close. Turn back just a couple books from Revelation to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. Behold the man, behold the lamb. Behold, I come quickly. And lastly, First John chapter three, he says this: Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, 
You know what it's good to pay attention to every now and again? When you behold the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world, you can't help but notice the love of God. Amen. You can't help but notice how much you love. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are ye the sons of God. And it doth not appear what ye shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, again, He's coming back, when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. And like, look, look at this verse, verse 5. And we know that He was manifested to take away our sins. And in Him is no sin. You say, why did the Lamb come? Why did the man come? Jesus Christ take away our sins. Behold, what love the Father hath bestowed upon us that He would send His only begotten Son that we might be saved, set free. If you don't realize how loved you are, take time to focus on Jesus Christ. Take time to look at the cross and think, He did that for me. And at some point in that beholding, I believe that you'll be overwhelmed with how much you are loved of God and how much He cares about you. And you'll realize, I've got new life in Christ because of the Lamb, the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.